Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there. How you doing? Welcome to the program. It is uh, a Tuesday, September 21, 2021. A lot of twos and ones in there. And I said it was Tuesday, and that means Susan's here, maybe. Hello. <laughs> I always like that little bit of panic in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because uh, you never know. I mean, You never, never know with me. Hey, I could I could have just started I, reading something really interesting. I know. I know. So, Susan, here's what I want to know. Because right. every day, people don't know that we have to – we phone uh we have to phone in to a certain number to get on the show and then we have to input certain other numbers to get into the show now i do this every you know 4 days a week for a long time i could no more tell you the number could you, do you know the number that you have to dial I, I now know the number that I do have. Do you to, know it? Do yeah. you really? Yeah, but I, I didn't looking? bother to know it for so many years. I don't know why. I just had it on a note on my iPad and I would That's go back. That's what to, I have. But the note yeah. keeps getting lower and lower, so I'd have to resend it to myself, oh. you know, and get it back up at the top so I could find it in timely when I would go, oh, no, I got 30 seconds. Where's the number? And finally, I said to myself, Susan. Just look at that number. How can you not know that number? I don't know it. I've looked at it a million times. All right. Well, I, I know it. it now. Unlike you, I do. I don't. I rely on the old kind of way. Of Here's what I don't know. Happening. I don't know my I have son's a, phone number. Oh, I bet. I'm sure. I understand that. We don't know basic phone numbers. Sometimes you don't know your own. No, somebody asked me my own the other day, and my brain did one of those things where it I just know. locked itself and threw away the key. I could not come I up with this, my... you know. And I said, just, I'll get back to you in 10 minutes. And 10 minutes later, I just yelled out four numbers. Everybody started laughing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's frightening. Anyway, it's I rely on the old way. I have a sticky note uh-huh. on my laptop. Uh-huh. So it's right here. I will never know this number. And it is a relatively easy number to get in your head. But every time I have to look at, every once in a while I say, okay, try to do it without looking. I I don't get past the area code. Ridiculous. So I've never been good at remembering numbers, but it is true. Our brains used to be sharper and more exercised when we didn't have all of this stuff where you just push a button. Right. right. No, where, 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 where we were relieved of memory when we when right. we literally gave to our devices a thing called memory and then we willingly gave up our own. Um, but I still in my memory have like all of my childhood phone numbers. I, well, I have I have our home yeah phone number and there's and i still have a surprising number of people whose family i can access at those numbers you know wow it's weird well i mean but we used to have to don't tell me that means our brains aren't as uh nimble well, it's uh, just my, well, for, for you don't know that your brains, that. your brains might be doing other work that they didn't uh, previously do. Although I don't know what that is. Mostly it's yeah, screaming right. and outrage. Right, <laughs> right. No, seriously, I, 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 I don't have a clue. I got the weirdest letter that just came in. I mean, email. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are letters. They are, aren't they? I'm very retro today. But the subject line is Ian William Miller. Uh-oh. That's wrong. Spam well, alert, spam alert, spam alert. <laughs> well, I don't think it is because our brother's name is William Ian Miller. So this is inside out. But I don't know. 
Shall I read the little bit of it for you? Sure. Well, now I'm curious. I don't know that anyone else cares. <laughs> Hi, Lynn. Big fan of your brother's person and works. Oh, he's a big fan of Bill the person and his work. But I have a little bit of an issue. I continue. Well, apparently. First, he wouldn't let me into his class at the University of Michigan. <laughs> then I try to get him to just write a book on philosophy of humor, and he tells me he has a sister who's the funny one. Which sister do you think he was talking about? I don't know. <laughs> but it's true. It's a toss-up in our house among the family lore. It is a toss-up. All right. Who is the funny one? Yes. And last but not least, it seems much harder to goad him into anything. How do you do it effectively? We don't. Because as you note, it is very hard to goad him into anything effectively. (laughs) That is correct. About the only way that I can suggest is complete and utter guilt. Guilt works very well with my brother. But you have to have something that he truly would feel guilty about. And not letting you into his class is simply not one of those. I, I'll just tell you flat out, he prides himself in not letting people into his classes. Well, why wouldn't he let this guy into his class? I have no idea. There's too many. I would think it's just because it has nothing personal. There's too many people that want to get into his classes. Yeah, but so how does he know who the ones he wants in are if he hasn't had them in a class? You know, how does he know who they Lynn, are? Lynn, this was never our problem. I don't know how he did these things. Okay, I right. think I, considering I that he, he built that. a career on the concepts of justice, I'm going to assume that he had some sort of reasonable reason. Nah. No, he's just shooting from the hip. I have no idea. Anyway, that seemed strange. I'm going to forward it to him. Yeah, Shouldn't and if I you like that? him so much, you should know his first name is William. <laughs> I think he did know that. I somehow think he's, you know, playing with it. Okay. I have a question for you. Use the word "udendum" in a sentence. Um, I'm immediately going to a portion. Is isn't that a portion? Is that is it missing one letter, or is that a portion of a woman's body? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I don't discuss. Okay, here I'm putting it into a sentence. I don't discuss my punemdrum with anyone. <laughs> no, no, pudendum. Pudendum with anyone. Well, no, you see, no I got to be looking R. at the word. Who p u den. Dumb. dumb. Okay, pudendum. Who That's right. I do not discuss dumb. my pudendum with anyone, much less uh, on the uh, airwaves. There you go. <laughs> I used it in a sentence. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, there are some people, uh, very educated people, who want that word gone. Somewhat more cancel culture stuff, but it's an interesting thing. A pudendum, ladies and gentlemen, is, uh, you know, it's the word that, you know, if you go to medical school, that's the word. (laughs) Or what's it a word for? For just the whole bunch of of a woman's nether region. Yeah. Well, right. I, uh, yes. Right. It's not specific. The pudendum has lots of things in it. But the pudendum, you know, like if you go to the doctor, I got trouble here with my shoulder. You could, you know, it could be. A well, and if you said I, it was, I, I have trouble with my pudendum, he'd pudendum. say you need to be more specific. The specific. So anyway, this is written by there's a there's a woman. It, 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 it's it's fascinating because she really was a totally into anatomy, and she was a first year medical student, and she just loved that all these words she was learning had Latin were der, you know derivatives of, of of Latin, so that when she would come up with she'd bump into a, a this 
the flexor carpi ulnaris. And she'd say, whoa, what would that be? And then she'd figure it out. It's the muscle in the forearm that bends the wrist, exactly as the name suggests. Flexor carpi ulnaris, ulna, ulnaris, right? Yep. So she just thought this is the coolest thing. And then at one point, she bumps into pudendum. And actually, it was the pudental nerve. So pudendum then flies off into adjectives and stuff, the pudental nerve. And she didn't understand where the derivation was. She thought, what, what is that from? It's not like flexor, RP, Holden. So she goes and looks it up. And it turns out pudenda is from the verb pudere, and it means shame. Shame? Yes. Aha, uh -huh, that is our shame. Yes. Uh -huh. So the only word for a woman's yeah, yeah. Private parts are yeah. translated to shameful. Shame. Yeah. yeah. Well, she went berserk. I don't blame her, but I'm, not, <laughs> I, I, I'm also not surprised. But uh, yeah. No, no, we're not surprised. And um, I mean, they've, when they've thrown blankets over our heads. They've. Yeah. They've uh, yeah. thrown us in tents when we have our menstrual periods. <laughs> they've, they've yeah. Been, why, why do you think that we aren't supposed to look upon ourselves with shame? And, you know, not to mention the fact that we're missing something, apparently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is very frightening to contemplate. Very frightening. Uh, I know. I know. Well, it turns <laughs> out that it says right here that anatomy as a science really d doesn't start until the 16th century in Italy. And then you think of, yeah, because like Da Vinci was cutting up cadavers, right? Right. Right? Right. And it says here in this article I'm reading, at the time, it was a stretch to find a female corpse. Why? What did they do with dead ladies? <laughs> what did they do with dead women? What do you mean you couldn't find a female corpse? It doesn't say. So that all these anatomists, who were all men, of course, were only looking at other men's bodies because they didn't have access to female corpses. Why? Somebody answer that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What did they do with a dead woman that they didn't do to a dead man? What, or was it just considered? I think it was just not proper. Done. Yeah, just it must well, have just but it wasn't, not. It, but it wasn't proper to do what they were doing do either. Half the time either. they were grave robbing. So why wouldn't right. they grave rob a woman if they weren't woman. grave robbing a man? Yeah, I don't understand. Well, there's another explanation. Frankly, yeah. they didn't give a damn. <laughs> there you go. So it gets even better. Um, there was a doctor who uh, was in Wales, and he also found this stuff troubling. Good for him. His name is Bernard Moxham, head of anatomy at Cardiff University. And... Um, he wanted to look at, yeah, gender bias and anatomy. And, and I mean, it's just huge. I mean, first of all, most medical textbooks show the male body is standard. <laughs> and they only trot out a female body when it came time to show reproduction, reproductive system. Right. Well, now, remember remember that toy when we were growing up, the Invisible Man. Yeah, there was no Invisible doctor. Woman. There's always no, no. It's always a, a male body. 
Um, but get this, even the word vagina, you know what that means? That, that translates into scabbard or sheath. Right. It's something to hold the penis. <laughs> it's something to hold a penis. <laughs> what? Well, you know, we what? all look at things through the lens of our own yeah. eyes. There is I... apparently a certain uh, male-oriented <laughs> yet narcissistic view of everything. But, you know, this has made... My magic. vagina exists as a sheath for your penis. <laughs> there you go. Hey. You want into my hey, you want scabbard? A yeah. Hey. <laughs> Are you wanting a scabbard for that? Uh, yeah. Hey. Good God! And see, it's this doesn't seem important, but the fact is, is that research done on, uh, you know, that later gives rise to protocols for medical treatments for people suffering from diseases or, you know, this and that, it's all male. Well, one would be naive if one didn't look at this as reflective of a certain dominance in the culture to the exclusion of others. Uh, I'm just saying. The exclusion of most. There most. are more women in the world than right. men. Oh, God. So anyway, this guy turns out, the guy in Wales... He had been president of something called the International Federation of Associations of Anatomists. And he took this concern he had to the Federation's terminology group. (laughs) And he said he thought they should remove pudendum and pudental nerve and all other pudental thises and thats. Uh, from the upcoming dictionary because it's just one little hit for the sexism in, in, in anatomy. He asked that in 2016. It took over three years for those men to take that seriously. <laughs> no, it said, he said it was unbelievably said heated emails flew about what to do. One member ultimately resigned. The, res- the dispute got so contentious that the group agreed to a two-year moratorium so the tempers could cool. Well, what was there to get angry about? The By the right, way, this the is right to find female bodies shameful? <laughs> no, really, no. I'm asking. What was there to be no. angry about? Well, it turns out that there are some terms where earlier that – applied to men, male anatomy that also used a shame uh, thing, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, what they did, here's what these so guys So now did. what do we call it? <laughs> Which I'm not going to call it anyway. <laughs> their, their response was pudendum will no longer appear as an official term in the coming version of Terminologia Anatomica. However, the pudental artery, the pudental canal, the pudental nerve would remain. Because they're still shameful? Well, they say because the use of the word pudentalus in terms for structures present in both sexes, cannot then be interpreted as sexist. Now, I don't know where the male pudental stuff is because it's confusing to me. But then you look at all of these guys whose names, you know, you have a fallopian tube. You know why? Because in 1540, a guy Mr. named Philippi, right? Mephalopio. Yeah. Yeah who was a Catholic priest, thought. Yeah, he was looking for female sperm. Well, he seemed to have found a female corpse. (laughs) Just saying. I got to tell you. 
in the G spot. Did you know? You know, remember when you heard about the G spot? The G spot. Yes, I did. I heard about the rumored G spot. (laughs) Well, it actually, you know, what G stands for? I didn't know this. It stands for a German, the Grafenberg spot. Well, I'm sorry, jerk. but Grothenberg doesn't put get to put his name on any spots. <laughs> well, he particularly did. that spot. Used. It's the official name is Grothenberg spot, and it describes a particularly sensitive area about halfway up the vagina, and he deemed it a primary erotic zone. Today, most scientists think the so-called Grothenberg spot is simply the root of the clitoris. <laughs> but this is in the last sentence. Well, this, this is, is because these are, no, but these are all men trying to tell women what it is they're feeling and why and they don't they don't have the foggiest but they plant their flag on it and they put their name on it they sure do uh your your name uh, from your follicles to your this is and that it's all men's names right Fuck well, that's fine because apparent because yeah, how whatever it is, it it all irritates me. I mean, I'm no happier with walking around talking to people who discuss their lady parts, you know, or what you know what I mean. I mean, what is this? Well, I think you know. Well, because we have listen. The reason it's rooted in shame is that we were and women still are, about most of the world. Taught to be ashamed of their bodies, right? Right. Especially their private parts. You know, down there. There. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't mean your knees. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that was my thing. The pudendum, ladies and gents. Thank God I knew what it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, you you know, I Well, you don't use that word. No, you don't. But somehow I had seen it, too. So when I saw pudendum, I knew it was like, well, that's somewhere down there, right? Pudendum. Um, so I'd heard it used, but God almighty. Well, I, I okay. just want credit for using it properly in a sentence. Yes. Well, you did, and I'm not (laughs) even even contextually. Yeah. My God. Well, that was my fun for the day. (laughs) You mean we mean it's over? Uh, well, probably. Okay. Well, there is a story in the New York Times about the oldest national park ranger. You know how, first of all, it's a woman, and first and second of all, it's a black woman, and she's going to be 100 in a few weeks. Oh, how nice. And she's still working, and I'm looking at a picture of her, and she's just wondrous. Well, you know, if people are in good shape at 100, why wouldn't they want to keep working? And by the way, that's part of why she's in such good shape. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be 100 tomorrow. The oldest active ranger in the National Park Service. And you would think maybe she's been a ranger for a long time. Well, I guess she has. But she didn't become a ranger until she was in her 80s. (laughs) (laughs) God, the lives some people live. God bless them. Well, it, you know, but I, I'm, I, that is part of why she's a hundred because yeah, she's yeah. curious and she's active and she has, you know, motivation to to do stuff and uh, you know that's incredible. That's I mean, it, there are people far younger than her that don't get that put together. She, um, yeah, she's she's amazing, Betty. Soskin became a park ranger in her 80s by accident. 
because she was working. She already had a job. She was in her 80s and she was working for a California state legislator as a field representative. And she was sitting in on a planning meeting where they were going to, they just designated a new national park for Rosie the Riveter. It was in California somewhere. And she's in this meeting. She's the only person of color and she's the only woman. And she piped up. Let me find exactly what she said. I always had a love-hate relationship with Rosie the Riveter, she said. And given her age, I mean, she was very much there. She was right. Rosie the Riveter's age. Well, she, because right. it was it was acting like American women hadn't been working their butts off all this time. And also her, it was like American yeah. white women. American white women. Well, it, now it's right. noticed because it's American white women. That's my point. Right. And that's what she told these guys. So here's an 80 some year old white uh, black woman piping up, you know, Rosie the Riveter always sort of pissed me off, even though during the war she worked as a file clerk in a segregated unit of the historically all white Boilermakers Union. Which would had resisted demands to allow full membership to black workers. Anyway, she stayed on this sort of needling them and needling them about, so what's this national park? How are you going to tell the story of Rosie the Riveter? And by the time she got done with them, well, I'll let the guy who was in charge. He's the superintendent of the park. Without her influence, we probably would not have told all these amazing stories we now tell. Uh, she got them to tell the stories of what Native Americans did, what the newly arrived rail, rail railway workers uh, from the New Mexican Pueblos did, what Black people did, what Mexican Americans did, and and so she totally changed what this national park would have been if this old black woman hadn't piped up. If someone who wasn't exactly like everybody else in the room and like pointed exactly out that they were only telling one story, it's which exactly is our what whole we history. About. That's exactly right. what happens. They only tell one story. This is the same story as Udendum. Right. Anyway, so... She became a ranger, and what she is is the kind of ranger <clears throat> who educates. So she gives speeches, talks about the history. There's and, a lot of she, rangers like that, and many of them are African American. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, I read a story not too long ago about also an elderly. Uh, black man who whose ancestors long ago explored the caves of one of these great national parks and and took people down into the caves and then um uh, fast forward to you know say the 30s when white people really when get interested in this park and they kick all of the black people out and now only white people can lead, you know, these can tell the story of what is essentially, and I can't remember the whole thing, I think, you know, an African-American story. And um, and then fast forward years later, and the guy's hmm. grand, grandson or son is back, uh, gets the job back in his 60s and, and is now leading people again down into the caves. Um, but, you know, there are so many stories like that. My son... Uh, the other day, <clears throat> we were talking. Um, and I garbled heated, that story, by the way, but go ahead. Well, that's right. <laughs> we were having a heated discussion about um, the history that we're not taught. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he he brought up, I and I said, I have learned so much history in the last, I don't know, five years. I've just 
learned so much because the, all these hidden stories, the ones that didn't pass muster because only white guys were writing. Yeah, they were left on the editing room important. floor. Yeah, right. They were not deemed uh, important enough. And Sam brought up a story that I'm still, I've got to go back and revisit it. But here in Pittsburgh, up until, I mean, astonishingly later than you would think, there was really no ambulance service that was, you know, government-owned or even neighborhood There right, wasn't. Right, Turns right, right. out the ambulance service that was around and, and, and that, in fact, turned out to be the precursor of what ambulance services were, I think, throughout the country, this is what I'm not sure of, was a group of black people in the Hill District who created an ambulance service. Now, I did read, I did read something about this and was blown away. It was, they were so good and so successful that at some point, and here's again, I'm, it's, this is someone's good. Someone will send me the story. At some point, they actually uh, the city said, hey, that is really amazing what you guys are doing or something. And I guess the city sort of took it over or somebody took it over. Yeah, I think the city did. And guess what happened? They stopped exactly. serving the black community. Well, no. And the, all the people, the black people who had created it, all of a sudden. Were disappeared from were the story. Right. 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 Now, that is how I remember it. And everyone knows I got a really lousy memory. But I'm thinking that maybe someone will find that story. I remember. And, I, we discussed this. I remember this story. It, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. I, and, and again, it's just one little story that we don't know about. Because the people who should be credited have the wrong skin color or the wrong pudendal area. And again, speaking of that, have you noticed, I'm sorry, (laughs) this big, you know, it used to be the, you know, missing woman story would happen constantly. And then they sort of went away. And now in the last week, right, we've had another big national pretty white woman missing story, right? Right. You know about the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just found her, yeah. They found her, yeah, right, of course. Boyfriend's still missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big deal. We know this story. This story happens all the time. It happens constantly because the reality is that most women who die in suspicious manners are killed by men. Usually, right, right. Usually in some way they're men. I mean, either because, you know, right. Exactly, by their men. And yet, you don't... ever see these stories when it's not a pretty white woman. Am I correct? Pretty much. Every once in a while. <clears throat> Wait, I have it actually. It's, uh, we usually only hear about them when they are young co-ed, young white co-ed types. Um, we, half of all women ki- who are homicide victims are killed by their intimate partners. And uh, white women who end up dead or missing get the lion's I mean, it is only white. It's not like black women aren't disappearing and being killed. But the, 
media somehow never thinks. Oh, no, you know, wow. yeah, you know, it, it, actually, the problem is a lot of Native American women. Uh, oh yes. are, are yes, I yes. mean, that's that that's been get, that finally got some attention. Yes, unbelievable. Exactly. So, I but you have to get a critical work. mass of them. In in the case of in the case of white women, I mean, I was thinking about that. You know, the same with with AOC and the Met Ball. You know, thinking how many how many legislatures legislators are routinely asked to the Met Ball, and and it wasn't because it was AOC. It was because AOC looks like AOC. You know, it it was just another, she's pretty. No, she looked like one of the beautiful women who. Right. It's because, so, I mean, when that, so in the end, (laughs) she's just another pretty face, folks. Don't worry about it. That's right. Who's got a cute enough little ass that she can have. She's got just the right shape ass that we can write on it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so. Not into any of it. Anyway, Sue. Oh, but wait a minute. I, Speak about now. Well, are you want to be serious. I was going to tell you what I watched last night when I couldn't take the first half of the Packer game. Okay. The second half was better. Yeah. But the first half conveniently allowed me to watch the oh, season the premiere of... Oh, dancing with the fucking stars. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. It was pretty good. You don't even. So you know. Did you? Did you know? Did you know one of the stars? I mean, are these people that you even have? No, no, I don't even. I don't even care anymore. I knew a couple of them. Um, one uh, of one of them yeah. is poor. Is 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 Megan Fox's ex husband? You know, principally known for. I don't even know who Megan Fox is. <laughs> well, she's the woman that uh, likes to wear pretty much nothing, and she goes out with Machine Gun Kelly now. You know who he is? Uh, he's somebody. He's a he's a musician. I think mostly known because there's not a square inch of his body that doesn't have a tattoo on it. This is just scary. <laughs> I know the first Machine Gun Kelly, who I believe was. In World War Two, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ! Well, this is I an imposter. No. Anyway, no, I'm just telling you. At You're this not going to subject us to this. No, but. I'm not. But I'm just going to say, if by any chance you sort of enjoy the dancing, they've gone to the point where they don't even pretend. This, they all the people can dance except for except for the guy from Karate Kid, and he's old and he's going to fall off. But everybody else can dance, so it's sort of fun to watch. Go ahead. No, it's not. <laughs> it's I like watching dancing. It's not. There's plenty of ways to watch dancing without watching that made-up hoo-ha. God. Uh, that's anyway. another word for pudendum. <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> All okay. right. All of which is to say uh, so shame, I was Susan, shame for watching that show. Shame. Okay, go yes, ahead. Yes, really. Yeah. Susan, you have said go ahead twice. I know I did. minute. Yeah. Just say it. I watched, and this I'm begging people to watch, the Ken Burns documentary on Muhammad Ali. Oh, right. Which, so it, the first, it's two hours for four nights. So it's an eight-hour documentary. Oh, my God. It's fascinating. So that's what I watch. And I really, 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 really recommend it. Okay. Well, that's Uh, clearly a far, far better choice. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm not virtue signaling, but yes. Yes, I know. Well, here we are just barely into the new year, and I already have done something I need to write about and repent for in the next year. Okay, go ahead. I There you did it again. Three. (laughs) Will you stop it? (laughs) You know, I was reading a transcript of a back and forth that two New York Times columnists have, and they put it in print. Uh, it would be Brett Stevens and what's her name? Um, woman, uh, Gail Collins. And halfway through this thing, I don't know which one of them did it. I think it was him. And he interrupted her 
And and then at the end of his little, you know, where he stuck something in, he said, all right, go ahead. And that's in print. And I thought, ha, 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 geez, I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. We have a caller. Okay, I just want to say this in my defense. It's sort of like an over over and out because we're on the phone and there are no visual clues. I will try and stop that. It's really not getting No, the visual clue doesn't need a visual clue. You just shut up. Yes, ma'am. Right? <laughs> just, you put a period at the end of a sentence and then I talked. I mean, I, you, you finish your thought. <laughs> you finish your thought and then say, go ahead. I rest my case. <laughs> go ahead. All right. We got a caller. Why anybody would call, I don't know. Hello. I love that term, down there. It is so <laughs> funny and ridiculous. It just makes me and my wife laugh, you know. It's just, it's just one of those things, you know. What? You're wading into no, he's waiting I, into down there. <laughs> down there. And, 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 that, and, I, and we apply it to men and women. We don't care. And, uh, and it, it's, just, it's just ridiculous, but it's funny. I don't know. We've been saying it for 30 some years now and just laugh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the other thing you're talking about, like, you know, women don't, you know, they, they don't like to reference that part of their bodies and they're, they don't mention it with pride or anything like that. Well, let, let me just throw something out there. Any man who mentions his private parts down there with pride, get the hell away from him as fast as you can. Because oh, he is yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he is one. He's just a walking metaphor. Oh, That's right. God. And, and the term hoo-ha? Yes. Um, yes. Okay. I, I have I have six five older sisters. Okay, and my oldest one is a born again Christian fundamentalist. Okay, and she says, you know, so you know, like you're having a conversation. And say, yeah, we did this and all that and blah blah blah. And so, but it says and all that just and all that hoo ha. You know, it was a big hoo ha. And my wife and I are giggling, and I say, "Shut up! She doesn't know what you're saying." And I love it, you know. And I've been letting for years. I've just been letting her go and say that. And we just sit there, and, and my nieces and nephews—they're all laughing, and she doesn't know what the hell's going on. It's the funniest thing, you know. It just—I love it. But no, I'd tell her so. I would tell her so she'd be mortified. Isn't that what you really want? No. Well, I, I, well, I think my want. wife told her once, and she said, "This is years ago." She said, "No," and then she talked to her daughter, and her daughter says, "Yeah, mom, I think it does," but it hasn't stopped her because I think it's just sort of just one of those, like, yeah, ticks, you know, just something it's a like, tick. you know, it's, sort of like it's, 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 excuse me, this doesn't yeah, count. Like it's like when I say go ahead, doesn't count. <laughs> yes, go ahead. You can no. talk. Yeah, yeah. It like does that. count. It's a verbal <laughs> tick. Yeah. All right, you. You're out of here. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that was interesting. It was? He called to talk about down there. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. <laughs> and we don't mean <laughs> Australia. That's a down under. That's down under. <laughs> so speaking of tick, I heard the word tick, and it made me think TikTok, and it made me think of this latest. I try not to pay too much attention to like what's happening in the young people's world because it's just so stupid most of the time. Right. right. So this new TikTok challenge. Are people aware of this? Um, throughout the country, people, young people, I get the impression this would be usually like middle schoolers, probably. The thing to do is to dismantle your school's bathrooms. Oh, I'm sure that's a laugh riot up in the administrative offices. Well, people are going into their, their and, and then they posted on TikTok, you know, God, if they get a, you know, 
they're getting, uh, you know, to get a sink or a toilet is like major, but <coughs> they're taking the soap dispensers, they're taking doors off the hinges. And I mean, th- this apparently, I just saw somewhere, there's a school here in Pittsburgh that have, that has had a problem and they're trying to find the perpetrators. I mean, I was this thinking... This is theft. This is breaking and entering baths. Well, no, they're walking into their own bathrooms. It's bathrooms at their schools. Well, I, then it's just that. They're just walking and, out. I'm sorry. That's sorry. That, then it's theft. It's destruction of public property. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's not, not to be tolerated. However... I was thinking that young people, or just young people in general, it has ever been thus, right? Stupid stuff that gets you attention and bragging rights. And the only thing I could come up with that was even slightly similar, although it it wasn't destructive, was the how many people can you fit in a phone booth? How many people can you get in a Volkswagen? Well, vehicle, I don't know. People right? have been stealing street signs and stop signs and that sort of well, stuff for true. for years. And they, you know, and, and my proof is that they're on every kid's wall. Yeah, I've got one downstairs. Yeah, see. <laughs> now wait, I have a street sign, but I think it's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I have I have a few. Well, I, in my time, I had a few in my house, no, and I, I never, and I, I just not. remember glaring balefully, balefully at my son and suggesting he return it to the approximate location from whence it came. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Okay, so here is the one we we have actually managed to um, avoid all the horror. I do want to point out that tomorrow on the show, I'm going to have uh, Harrisburg reporter Stephen Caruso on, who, by the way, used to be my producer. I can't imagine he left. Glad to see he's moving up in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that he left my side. To go cover the horrors of the Republican-controlled, yeah, legislature. He loves it. Well, why don't we get out of the pot and into the frying pan? Yeah. Out of the pot and into the frying pan. Okay. So he's coming on, and we're talking about what these effing Republicans are doing here in Pennsylvania uh, to continue the attempted coup d'etat and uh, promote the big lie. Uh, at your expense. So uh, this is a story that just so enrages me, but uh, he's a very calm character. He's the one producer I had who never wanted, when I when the producer was actually in the room with me, who never wanted to get in on the show. You know how some producers became parts, right? Known. Yeah, part of the show. Um and man, even when I'd ask him something, he would like, blah, 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 blah. no, because he had in mind that he was a journalist and a journalist doesn't opinionate. So he's a real old school journalist in a young guy's body. He's very good. He's very good. So he's coming on tomorrow, guys. Um the Atlantic had a story that I wa- I just wanted to bring up with you, Susan, um, because it's something I think about a lot, and I've talked to people about it a lot, um, and that is it's hard to talk about because you have uh, three grandchildren, yeah, and. Your most recent is not even a year old. Nope. And you have great nieces and nephews. You have great yeah. nephews. And, and nieces. Yeah, great yeah. nieces and nephews on your other side, right. Um, and the babies just keep coming. And I have heard myself say, oh, 
God. Yeah, I'm terrified. World. I know. So the world. So the question is, if you were a young, a childbearing age, wouldn't you think? I mean, wouldn't you have almost an existential dilemma about whether or not to bring a child into yeah, this Yeah, you do. I, you know, I'm not going to pretend like they, that my children don't think about it, talk about it, but I'll also tell I'm you sure. that there's a very real human urge, you know, especially with people that love each other to procreate. And then when you do one and you see what cute little babies you make, you might want to do another. And then you just, you know, you resolve to try and save the world. And make it a better place for your kids, which is what we were all always supposed to do. And somewhere in there, we got lost about what that meant. And we forgot that it, that you can't destroy your home in order to build your house. You know, you can't, you can't destroy the world. And to make more money, you got to do something. Well, um, the Hopefully we're going to do it. Polls, polls are showing that, and of course, this would make sense. This is the more highly educated young people who are saying, I, I don't want to bring a child into what appears to me to be a pretty imminent, <laughs> catastrophic uh, world. And yet, there's not a stronger urge in any living being, flora, fauna, and anything in between. Yeah. So, so there's only one answer, and that's that we gotta we gotta turn this ship around about as fast as it's, you know, faster than it's possible. But we gotta do it. But we have so much evidence that the number of people that are having this conversation and or concern is a very, it's, it's, it's a limited group. And I mean, even in our own country, you see our inability to get uh, COVID under control, even though we have all the means to do it. Um, and our children are, mo- are most at risk now. You would think that Older people would, of course, want to save the children. We now have a tent outside of Children's Hospital here because the the pediatric emergencies have gone beyond what uh, this relatively new modern hospital can handle. It's you know I it, it, well. It just it it is just appalling to me that people are this willing to sacrifice their children while telling me when I kill you know when I should give birth and, and yeah. that I have to give birth and they're the same people and that's what really gets me. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear, they'll stand there yeah. right in front of me and proclaim the right to kill my grandchildren. That's really how I look at it. I mean, these people think they have a right to kill our children, and they don't. They don't think that much. I don't think they think. This is just... Well, that's why there has to be a vaccine mandate, because if they don't think, then someone that thinks has to think for them. Well, the good news is that Pfizer, the vaccine is probably going to be available to... Uh, children as young as five um, by next month. Right, that help that helps one. <laughs> that helps one of your kids. Yeah. But um, really, I, you know, being a parent, I always say, is a life sentence. But being a parent, you know, it always comes with so much anxiety, and there's so much more now. And we don't have anywhere near the anxiety, of course, of most parents in the world, of a Haitian mother or father that, you know, went through hell to get to this country. Right. And and can I ask a question? Why are we sending, no, just, 
Why are we sending these people back to Haiti when they haven't lived in Haiti for decades? You tell me. I mean, this is crazy. This is like saying that I'm Lithuanian and I need to go back to Lithuania. This is just crazy. And I and I don't care whose administration it is. Who are the creeps that make these blankets? You know, oh, there's a word. We'll send them there. I mean, this is just bull. I don't know if people realize that they're sending Haitians that have have already left Haiti decades ago, and they're coming from other countries. Um, because it's not their form. country of origin they, at this point. They, were, they need to go back if they're sending them someplace to their where they were last living. It's just unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. It's just, and yeah. we're not even doing okay. So you're in this country. If you've made it, you've waded across the Rio Grande, and you're in Texas. And you have the right. If you're seeking asylum, you have the right to a hearing. We're not giving them hearings. We're scarfing them up and throwing them on airplanes, sometimes shackled after terrorizing them, riding them down with horses. I have to tell you, this is. Every bit as despicable as what happened under the last administration. Yes, it is. It's just disgusting. It is. And, you know, we get you're being overrun and we get you, we get all of that stuff. That does not absolve you of your. Of treating people with humanity. Right. And, 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 and I will say that in one of those horse pictures i am seeing riders with reins but in that picture with the one horseman and the two men that is a whip those are not reins that is a whip and you can very clearly see the difference and look even if there were no whip it's a picture of people on horseback which is a great advantage a, a and with their horses going after terrified, running human beings, who, of course, are black. I am so effing. But that's why, I mean, that's that's why I'm, that's sort of my reaction to calling these black people Haitians. I mean, it's it's just, they are not seen. They are categorized. And it's just, you know, well, it's, you start it's, reading it's just stories, more racism. I mean, it's just more racism. It's just so obvious to me. If you start reading their stories, it rips your heart out. Rips your heart out. And uh, I yeah, and I'm not saying like I'm I'm not pr- professing to know the answers or how no how I don't deal have the answers with the sudden them. appearance of tens of thousands of people at a border that I suddenly have to be fed and clothed, and we understand right. all of that, but but still, you know, respect must be paid. I, human beings, they're human beings. Folks, just, you know, change things, put them on the horse and you down on the ground and see how you feel. Well, as I said, I was talking about how in our country, people are thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't, you know, bring a child into this world. And we're having these conversations in our lovely homes where we eat three meals a day, sleep peacefully, don't worry about, you know, walking out our doors where we have access to uh almost anything we would need and good God in heaven. Good God in heaven. Okay. I think that's it for me. <laughs> Have I managed to depress you by the end of we No, thought, I we did. started I out so rollickingly. I know because I wanted to. I wanted to, but I have to admit, I didn't have anything else that was rollicking. But everything I've got here is, you know, one horror after another, because that's what it is. That's what it is. Which drives normally intelligent people to do things like watch Dancing with the Stars. Yes, for its particularly mindless entertainment value. Yeah. 
Exactly. It doesn't entertain me, though. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, this, that, that, that first evening was surprising. I didn't intend to actually watch the whole thing, but I did. <laughs> all right. Well, you're and then involved. I got to watch the second half. So, you know, it all worked out very nicely, as the saying goes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, all righty. All right, Sue. Okay. We're done. Okay. I uh where are you by the way? I am I am here going there. <laughs> <laughs> Would you where I'm in, here? I I'm in Green Bay. Okay, I thought so. Okay. And <laughs> I am I am I hanging up the phone, closing the suitcase uh, and Tuesday is your travel day. Tuesday yeah, is okay. now my travel day. Okay. 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 Safe travels. Okay. All righty. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 I thought she was going to slip in a, go ahead. <laughs> I almost did. All right, you guys, that's it for me. Um, and uh, remember, we'll, we were going to take up that heavy-duty subject of Harrisburg with uh, Stephen Caruso tomorrow. He'll be stopping by. Okay? Have a good one. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.